I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway. All that way, your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully get into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So the majority of the creative work last week was spent continuing to edit the feature film uh, that we had shot back in November. And you know the, the film itself is broken up into six parts in terms of how I'm editing it. Uh, and I've talked about this, it just becomes more manageable that way um, and so forth, right? For all parties involved. And so last week I was working on re what I call reel four of six. So uh, in this sense, in terms of putting the movie together, we're more than halfway done, right? Now, of course, not quite literally in terms of the edit process, because there's going to, you know, once I complete all six reels, there's going to be revisions, right? But in terms of putting the actual movie from start to finish that one can watch, uh, yes, we, we are more than halfway done. And that's exciting, you know. Um, this, this, each reel offers a different creative opportunity and a different approach, right? Uh, because as the story progresses, there's different nuances, right? And different things that uh, the story is hitting. And this reel in particular was quite the sort of emotional things, right? Things were starting to come to a head of, you know, the story, the, the characters' decisions, and so forth. And that was, that was fun to edit, right? Uh, you know, now we're getting into the real meat and potatoes of it, if you will. And, you know, whereas before, it's like much more fast-paced or, you know, has this vibrancy, this joyfulness. Now things are starting to really hit. And so that was uh, that was fun to to really you know play with that. Um, that's what I love about editing in general is you get to see the movie come together, and um, you know even obviously I have to be kind of very general because a you don't know the movie, b I don't want to give anything away, but. when you work towards specific moments, like each scene has a specific moment that it's either building up to or coming down from, uh, whatever the case may be, and uh, just this this thing in, in itself, like there's a sequence of events that culminates into this one point, um, and it's so fun to see that come to life um, in the way that it does. And one of the things in kind of looking back on it, um, you know, there's a stylization that I want to do with the movie in terms of the montages and a couple of other things that I haven't necessarily put into this assembly edit quite yet. It's a lot more of the traditional, like, just, you know, let it play out from start to finish. Um, but that's because, you know, for me, I want, rather than put, like, too much time and effort into 
the bells and whistles of it all. I want to see it from start to finish and see the macro of like, okay, what's really working? What do we need to adjust? What can be trimmed down, um, perhaps taken out? What needs to be clarified? Yada, 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 right? And I don't know, that's, that's always been my process is to have an idea and iterate it as fast as possible so I can take that and, and see, okay, where do we go? Um, rather than spend time on something that like, I know I want to do that and I know I will do that, but it's not the right stage of the process to do it. And it's just going to detract from the macro. You know, it's like getting stuck in the details when you got, you know, big problems to solve. And I use the word problems uh, very uh, loosely because they're not problems, right? It's all part of the process. Um, You know, like just sculpting anything, right? This this can apply to the writing phase, um, anything in general, right? Uh, you know, you, you want to take an idea, you want to see it, and then revise, revise, revise. And that's one of the things that, you know, I don't think people talk about it, but it it really gets overlooked in terms of its importance, especially from an idealized perspective. I think the people that on a day-to-day basis are doing this stuff, they get it and you know, the, the ones churning out work uh, of quality, they, they understand the importance of that. But I think there is a narrative of idealizing it and certainly even just growing up in terms of our education, we don't really, it's like, okay, hand in a paper and call it done. They tell you you're supposed to, you know, do the revision process on your own. But, you know, how many people really do and stuff like that? And so... I think, yeah, if anything, we just need to integrate reiterations as part of our natural process. And that that can apply for creative ventures, that can apply for entrepreneurship, um, and just things in general, right? Um, Because we're so, in a way, binary of uh, pass or fail, as opposed to, okay, like, if something's not working, you can readjust from that, you know, and you have the ability to sculpt it, like, that's what's crazy to me. And, uh, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but it ties in naturally with it. You know, I started writing my second novel. I've been outlining it for a while and stuff like that, but I finally started writing the prose itself. And <laughs> man, what a slog that was. Uh, it, you know, it's been a while. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot to establish in the early pages of the book, you know, and how do you balance that with, you know, showing, not telling and, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, as discouraging as it may be of like, oh, wow, this is what I've written is complete garbage. And like, this is difficult and whatever else. It's like, at least I have something on paper. And like, literally what I did. So for like, three days, I was writing about 500 words a day. And and it it was tough. It It was really tough. But you know, then I went kind of back And I was able to, you know, during my walks, I got these ideas of like, okay, you know, um, literally I'm just kind of, I was essentially like trying to just speed through it, even though (laughs) it it was going painstakingly slow. But during my walk, I had this idea of like, oh, you know, what if we uh, created, you know, in this moment, there's an opportunity to expand this and really get a sense of it and illustrate to the, to the readers of like what's going through her, through the character's mind, what, 
she's seeing yada 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 and and it'll play better right so um you know even though i don't necessarily advise it, it for me having a strong first chapter to really go off of is is important right because then it, it gives me some momentum going forward and so i went back in from from the top and really started rewriting and not everything from scratch but you know, it's sometimes changing what was there, sometimes expanding upon things, sometimes deleting stuff. And that was, it did. It gave me momentum and it made what was there stronger. But again, I would never would have been able to do that without at least just trudging through those, you know, 500 words a day. And so it's all a process, you know, and really the genius comes through the revision process because none of us are going to get it right the first time, not even Stephen King or whatever other sort of artist you find, you know, there's even, even artists like Picasso, you know, they, they, they have a notion and they paint it over and over. And yes, like sometimes like the early work is the masterful work and things like that, but they, you know, they try out different things to see, okay, what do they like? Um, and so we can't undervalue the revision process, right? Now, going back to uh, editing and things like that, what's, what's always interesting is, you know, for me, I give various people notes on their things uh, because they come to me, right? Not just unsolicited stuff. And the trick of it is, is really trying to get at the intent of what the person wants to create. And that's important to communicate. Like, I think there's a lot of times we as creatives try to get feedback and most people aren't equipped to give feedback, not because they don't have the skill, but really, they're viewing it from a lens of what they would like to see versus, again, what is the intent of the artist? And it's a difficult thing. And so, you know, for me, I always kind of try to question of like, you know, how can I best be of service to you right now? Like what sort of notes are you, are you looking for in this process? And, uh, you know, just things that, that I can get towards what their thought process is in trying to make this, what, what's, what's the message that they ultimately want to communicate, yada, 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 you know, like what their goals are. And it's a tough thing, you know, but ultimately as collaborators, that, that's kind of what you need to do. And, and of course, like, you know, you need to, there is a time and a place to, for someone to be like, hey, like this is just not working, regard, you know, regardless of the intent, like it's just not reading correctly. Uh, so that is valuable feedback, but, you know, I'll never forget, like, very early on in the process when I wrote the script for the movie, one of my friends read it, and his note was, you know, all this stuff happens in Colombia, and yet there's a lot of reference to their lives back home, yet we never see their lives back home, like, it would be cool to see that stuff. I was like, listen, you're not necessarily wrong, um, it's just a different choice and a, and a choice that I'm not interested in. And yeah, I mean, that's, that was my intent. My intent was to 
because it's, it's, it's almost like this, right? Um, one of my favorite authors is Ian McEwan. And what I love about him is that he's able to hyper-focus on a specific event and like essentially focus on like just 24 hours, 48 hours and just like that immediate aftermath of, of certain things. You know, like take a movie where three brothers, you know, uh, they're one of, one of, their parents passed away or both their parents, whatever. And now they have to deal with the aftermath that there's no will, right? So, okay, one approach would be that it spans multiple years you know, like the fallout based on that moment in time and how that has affected their lives moving forward versus, you know, something that within that like immediacy of like, okay, how are they going to deal with this right here, right now, the awkwardness of it all and so forth. And from, and by the way, these are just two out of, you know, potentially infinite ways to approach this type of story. But for me, I'm always interested in that kind of immediacy and and almost not necessarily real time, but but keeping it as close to how things would play out in real time. Because I don't know, for me, I just find that fascinating rather than you know showing a longer span of time. And listen, there's movies that do this beautifully. Like Forrest Gump is an amazing example of a story that goes across multiple decades, right, essentially. And it's well told, and it's beautiful. It's just not right now something that as an artist I'm interested in, right? And so driving at the intent and, you know, for you, figuring out how best to tell that, right? And also, like, let's be honest, you know, for me... At the level that I'm at, I get to play, right? Um, you know, with my first movie, it was like, okay, I'll, I'll fully self-funded. That's why, you know, people are like, hey, like, do a crowdfund and whatever. And I was like, I'm not, I, I don't want to let people, do, I don't even know if I could pull this off, right? And so I wanted that ability to just experiment and just try things, right? Because how often do you get to do them as as an artist and this was a big step up but that doesn't mean I'm not playing with certain things and everything's like has grown exponentially from the first movie to the second movie and yes on this one I did crowdfund and and whatnot but that's because I felt like you know hey people can see my first movie they were either on board with my sensibilities or they're not you know but it wasn't a shot in the dark and yeah I, I think uh, ultimately you know I know what my North Star is, and it's sculpting around that. And that's really fun to play in that arena and try certain things that, you know, as I think, you know, as artists grow and they're getting funding from outside places, when you don't have that confidence um, in yourself, it can be really, it, it, it can be hard to take those sort of creative risks, right? Because you've never tried things like that before. That's why for me, like just, again, working at the speed of thought and working on those macro things and then worrying about the details is, is really important because it's like, just, just try it out, you know, and see, see what comes of it. And then you'll learn the, the inherent problems along the way and you'll know how to fix that. Um, so that to me as an artist is exciting. And, it, you know, I say that 
you know, there's nothing wrong with um, the movie that I'm working on um, at all, you know. In fact, like, if anything, it's just at the stage that it's at. You know, the sound is, quote-unquote, rough. Well, why is it rough? Well, because, you know, we have every actor's love on a separate channel, and I have yet to go through and isolate the ones that need to be... um, the ones for a specific moment, right? So if I'm talking and it's a scene of two, it's like you would lose, you would use my mic over um, the other person, right? And when it cuts to them, you would use their mic. Well, there's no point in me isolating those mics right now. <clears throat> Again, these are the details because it's just a waste of time. You know, that scene can ultimately change. I might pick whatever else. So for me, it's like, how is it flowing? And that's the other thing, you know, this movie... Right now, four reels in, it's about an hour and 25. Uh, certainly a lot, you know, and the, there's a lot of montages that I know are a lot longer than they'll ultimately end up being. Some scenes can be, you know, um, trimmed down and things like that. Like, ultimately, I want to come in around 95 minutes, give or take. And we can get there, right? But, uh, you know, it's all part of the process. Um... So yeah, and just overall, the editing process has been fun to me. You know, uh, it, it, it it's always funny to me. You know, I was talking with somebody about it, and it's like, you know, what if wouldn't you want to hire an editor because they could see what you don't see? And it's like, no, I, listen, I can. Again, it, it, it's not to say that I'm arrogant, but like I remember this one time, this company had edited a sizzle reel. And I said, I can do this better. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, was that like a put up or shut up moment because they're like, okay, you got the weekend. And I remember being like, why the hell did I say that? Like, can I actually pull this off? But, you know, all that stuff that went through my mind in the initial, mo- in initial moments right after, it's like, okay, you know, I have no choice but to like start it and... You know, whether or not it's actually better, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I clearly had... Because I, I had a vision for, like, how to improve it. So it's like, all right, the, the best thing I can do is I got to roll up my sleeves and just get to it. And oftentimes, like, the cure is just doing the work. And, you know, come Monday, they saw it and they're like, okay, yeah, this is better. And so... Sometimes you got to just be bold enough to... Again, it doesn't mean... Like, it's a very fine line. I'm still trying to figure out how to discuss it and even, like, what it is and approach it. But there's a difference between being arrogant and, you know, just knowing and having the confidence to pull something off. And it's interesting, too. Like, oftentimes, you know, I was talking with one of my other friends um, and, you know, from his experience... You know, we were talking of like, you know, listen, editors are great and I'm not knocking them in in a sense, but he was telling me like oftentimes it's always the director still got to come in at the end and be like, okay, trim this by, you know, five frames, do this. Like, cause it's just, it's just not exactly as was, you know, uh, fully needed to, to realized in that sense. And, you know, I pride myself on overall knowing that and, you know, on the flip side, 
I also have people that do that for me who can see on the macro end of like, okay, if you know, this, this isn't coming off in the way that you think it is. So just trim it by a little bit because you know, he's the person, let's say starts looking this way, then they come this way. Just have them already looking here, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, so you start to, you start to know what to look for in that sense, but I have enough safety nets of collaborators to make sure that I don't overlook those things. And I think that gets lost on people. And I always find it fascinating. Like, like it's, it's cause this in particular, you know, the stance is like, well, and I, I've heard other people say this of like, well, if you can't afford X, then you can't afford your movie. And it's like, okay, so I can't afford an editor but I can edit. So if the choice is between having a movie and not having a movie, I'm always going to pick having a movie because it's just, I can do this myself. Like I, you know, it always astounds me in that way. And when the time comes and if, you know, when there's a budget and that's, that can afford it, you know, like people see what I do and they fund my movies, then yeah, I will certainly hire an editor and that'll be a fun experience and stuff like that, but we all got to grow as artists, and we don't start, you know, uh, like, for me, it's what, whatever gets the project done, that's what you got to do, and I think people over-idolize the strategy, and the, and, and the process of how it works, it's like, the process, just get the result, you know, the process is not going to be pretty all the time, you know, it doesn't mean like work in a toxic environment, and things like that, However, we get so ingrained of how it's supposed to be done. Who's, you know, there's a million ways to do something. And if it gets you that result, again, without creating a, a crap environment where people are just pissed off and miserable, then what's the issue, right? I'm always fascinated by that. And... Now, it doesn't fully tie into this, but um, very recently, I saw a post from my friend AJ Jolivet, and it said basically, all advanced means is the basics done well. And that really resonated with me because, you know, you can apply this to all facets of life, but certainly like sports is the most evident. It, it really is all about that. You know, people think like, you know, doing something advanced is just doing all these tricks and things like that. And it's like, no, you know, if it's soccer, it's trapping the ball well, um, getting your head up, knowing where your teammates are, being in a position to support them, whatever the case may be. That's all advanced really is. And I think we over conflate it in terms of what it's supposed to be, that it's this like next level. No, it's, that's why you hear so often you know, like Lombardi, like this is a football, right? It's going back to the basics. It's, it's resetting because that's all advanced level is, is just doing those small things really, really well. That's it. And it ties to that idea of like, just do the work. When you just do the work, you, the, you, you will progress in that way. But there's this highfalutin idea of like, okay, you know, I, I have this, I know exactly how this is going to go. And then when the reality of it doesn't match, 
what was in one's mind, people get discouraged, upset, and so forth. And it's like, no, no, no. You got to go through, you can't skip those processes. Like you have to put down that initial first thought, you know, whether it's a book, whether like with my movie, you know, just getting that assembly edit done, that's got to be done because you can always revise that, but you can't revise nothing. And I will be saying that till my lips and face are blue. That's really the truth. You know, I mean, listen, I could be wrong. Yes. But my intuition says I'm not. And, you know, that's interesting. Like, um, Gary B talks about this, like um, this idea of like my intuition says. The idea that, you know, here's where I'm at based on my experience. Like, this is what I believe to be right. I could be wrong and things like that. But, but all for me, this has worked. This points to a level of success and so forth. So my gut confirms you know, my gut confirms with my experience. And it's not to say that, you know, new information, I can't process new information like with the criticism of certain people, like that I don't have an editor or whatever. But it's like, again, we're getting lost in the details versus the macro, which ultimately, as I said, in terms of having an editor versus not, it's really a two-choice question of, do I end up with a movie or do I not? And I will pick, yes, I want to end up with the movie all day, every day. So, yeah, just having that as the North Star of this is what I'm after, right? And just going for that, you know? So, that's what's kind of been on my mind. Um, Maybe in some sense I turned it into a jumbled mess by the end, but I hope you got the spirit of what I was going for. You know, the the advanced level is just basics done really well. And you know, go with your intuition on, on certain things. Be willing to test it out and see, you know, your intuition could be wrong. Mine has been in the past oftentimes, but you can iterate, right? So if anything, that's the moral of all of this. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. If you appreciate what I do uh, and want to interact further on a, on a deeper, uh, meaningful level, well, uh, we can do that through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Um We can do coaching sessions, um, Q&As, things of that nature, plus you get some bonus content. So uh, consider that if you can. Likewise, you know, I, in, the reason I can talk about the things that I talk about with conviction and give advice to you in the way that I can is, you know, I'm doing it, right? I, I walk the walk every single day, you know, uh, I'm, I'm out there <laughs> creating this stuff, you know, not to the highest level necessarily all the time, but, but to, the, uh, to the way that I can. And so, um, you know, all that to say, I've created some of this work and if you wanna check out my first movie, if you wanna check out my novel, my other book, um, or just purchase some merch, well, all that stuff is in the description box for you to support there. It would mean the world to me if you did, or at least considered it. Um, as always, if you have any thoughts or questions about any of this, comment down below or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek. Would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'll see you next time.